0: Hello, this is Bill Curley.
1: And Holly Hudley.
0: And welcome to the podcast In Between, which is an educational offering of
1: St. Paul's United Methodist Church in Ordinary Life.
0: <laughs> good morning.
1: Hi, good morning.
0: <laughs> well, so, um, I was thinking this morning about what we would talk about in this podcast, and I think it was given to me um, a couple of things. I found a reading by Pima Children. Mm. You know Pima Children? Of
1: course, yeah, she's wonderful.
0: Um, she is this Buddhist nun that I, most of us have known for a long time. She wrote some, some books that I recommend to clients over and over again, but Places That Scare You, When mm-hmm. Things Fall Apart. Mm-hmm. And um, Pima Children was one of Bill Moyer's favorite guests on his Bill Moyer's interview program. Really? Huh. Yeah, yeah. And she's wonderful in dealing with really strong emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's certainly the ethos of our country right now. Gosh, yeah. We could use. And uh, uh, ordinary life, we yeah. might as well say.
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's what's happening at the macro level is always repeated at this micro level. I talked yep. about fractals <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and I think it works in both directions. We can replicate positive and we can replicate negative in big and small ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I said Sunday in class, in case those people who listen to this podcast missed it, that um, when Ordinary Life went back to in-person attendance that some people assumed not everyone to be sure
1: mm-hmm.
0: that ordinary life would go back to the way it was pre-pandemic which meant me teaching solo so the the vast majority of the time mm-hmm. and um I also said that that was also, to some degree, my own sense of what I wanted to do and uh, that I handled communicating that to you very poorly and um, still doing repair work about that. But what has happened is that um, what what we would say is a vocal minority has made their voice heard and we're still trying to figure out how to go forward. Mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. our relationship publicly in ordinary life in a way that's fair and just and all of that to everybody. And one of the things that I want to say is that that um which I got from Pima Children is that nothing stays the same. Mm. Oh. Ordinary life is changing.
1: Yeah. Both on and the Specific level of our class and in the general level of ordinary life, it's mm-hmm. changing.
0: And it's like, but we you know, the the key word that I got from her, not a key word, is kind of a paragraph that I got from her was that we name things yeah. like the Mississippi River
1: uh-huh.
0: and give it a solid identity, but the Mississippi River never stays the same from one second to the other. It's always constantly flowing and changing and um i started reading a new to me book by judy canato a couple of days ago called radical amazement Mm -hmm. and uh she's saying the same thing is that one of the things that the cosmologists are telling us now or have been telling us for some time is the cosmos is constantly changing every split second so the earth is changing things are moving further apart I think the earth may be about to shake off the humans on it like a wet dog after a rainstorm, because we've mistreated her so badly. So, but we keep thinking that things are solid and that there's no, no movement.
1: Well, we invented time to help us manage how we relate to this place called earth and this cosmos, you know, um, there's a couple of things there's, um, Number one, I wanna go backwards and say, you and I, and I want this to be known to whoever listens are and will be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the ability to go through difficulty in any close relationship can strengthen it. So if that's true between you and I, then I have to also believe that it's true for our community that we call ordinary life and Stay hopeful about that in the broader context of our country and the world. It may take generations, but I believe that healing and repair is available to us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, second, you know, yes, things are in constant change and evolution. And as I was writing some thoughts down about kind of what what is needed right now, what what do I need right now to sort of Feel heard. I wrote something about that constant evolution and change. That that's the nature of ordinary life, not the class, but ordinary life in general. Is that it's constantly changing, and there are cultures um, that give people names at different times throughout their life. When they're born, when they become an adolescent, when they become a grown up, that they get additions to their name, to, to mark that change, to mark that period of growth. And some of those names are given to call one into being, to call one into becoming their full self. And so there's an opportunity here to name that, as you say, and to call it into being. What is it that we want to name that is healing, reparative and hopeful or that is reality. It might not feel healing, reparative and hopeful right now. But what do we wanna call into being um, a scary and exciting opportunity? I think that we all, based on our personality types, manage change very differently.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we like to focus in on the thing that we feel we can control because the big feels so out of our control.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, have been given the task of giving a homily here next Wednesday, a week from today. And, um, the, you know, we are a lectionary church, so we have these readings from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Bible, we have the readings from the Psalms, from generally the epistles and then the gospels. So there are four readings for every Sunday that we deal with. And just amazingly, coincidentally, or with uh, using Ilya's phrase, divine entanglement, all of the texts for next Wednesday are about transformation. Mm. They are the story of, in the Hebrew scripture, Moses going up on the mountain and his face is transformed. Mm-hmm. He's, His image is transformed to the people that can't see him. And the gospel selection is that Jesus goes up on the Mount of Transfiguration and is transfigured. And uh, one of his disciples, Peter, says, gee, this is really cool. Let's just fill three tabernacles and stay here for the rest of our lives. And Jesus says, are you out of your mind? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We can't do that. We got to go back down. The side of the mountain and deal with people's pain now that's not what the text says mm-hmm. literally <laughs> but that's what the text says right literally right. i right. mean <laughs> that jesus goes down and deals with hurting suffering people yeah and i thought two things about that one is that people really want people come to church they come to honor your life because they want to learn things and they want to grow they want to be different they want to be transformed and yet at another level, transformation is something that we are terrified of. Yeah. Those, those, those things are true at the same time.
1: Both of those things are true at the same time. Every new stage of development. I think of my middle son who at every pivotal moment in his little life, 11 years so far, he cried. When he first stood up, he cried. When he first sat up, he cried. When he first um, was immersed in water he cried i mean these these moments for him were terrifying and yet he has he's also one of the most persistent and um industrious kids i know like he does it anyway and in some ways i i just really admire that about him you know that through his fear he finds some ability to withstand and to literally stand up and I think that with every transition, with every change, I think grief is inevitable because something must die in order for something new to take its place. That's the Buddhist, everything arises, everything falls away, everything arises, everything falls away. And Cornel West says, "When I I think he's a great public intellectual, um, says that love always includes death. You know, there something must die for something else to take its place. And will we make room as a community and as individuals for that something else in a way that provides the most love? Mm. Don't have an answer.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have a side note, and I've been, I have a note to you that I've been meaning to ask you for months and have uh-huh. not done it uh, what is the best cornell west book uh-huh. to read I have not read anything I've heard you refer to him I uh-huh. know about him I've read
1: uh-huh. mm-hmm.
0: stuff on wikipedia but
1: his seminal work you- his seminal work is race matters it was written a, a while ago um and and it's it, it gives you the the, the idea of his thinking and the place from which he launches i think more than any other i can ask my friend Cleve tensley too who actually studied with cornell west what he would recommend but cornell west has made himself very uh, a very public voice and he's controversial to be fair um not just for white folks but for black folks too <laughs> so you know there's not a monolith of thinking in um in any one community so but one of the things he does well is my favorite image. he struggles well. he 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 enters into that pretty well and he's 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 prophetic in the sense that he names it and he, albeit imperfect, he names it. And um, I, I have an essay that I just read of his that I, I really like that I can scan and send to you actually. It's, I would
0: love that. yeah, I would love yeah. that. And it. And he says
1: his last line of this essay is, We ought, it's something, I'm gonna get it wrong, but it's um, something like, we ought to acknowledge that despair exists, but we ought never to give despair the last word. That's the end of his
0: essay. Well, that fits in with us going back to the topic at hand. I I think, and I got this idea from our dear friend, Matt Russell, Mm -hmm. that part of what is going on in our country, and in our church and in our class is the way that we are responding to grief. Yeah. That I think that the um, I think that that the um, virus and its consequences have been a lot more damaging than many of us have been able or willing to acknowledge Now, you know there have been almost a million deaths yeah in
1: america alone so in america alone yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah. and i think of people who have lost their businesses lost their financial resources health care is abysmal in this country um it's even a lot of grief and you know when when people deal with grief, we kind of go temporarily insane sometimes, Mm, you know, mm. we just, we get so disoriented, um, we don't think clearly.
1: Mm -hmm. We get a little primal, you know, we go back Uh to that lizard brain of um, grief is not comfortable. And I think that needs to be said over and over and over again. Of course it's not comfortable. It may be besides shame, the hardest emotion to move through because the end is unknown and what becomes of it is unknown. And so we cling to the things that we know to move us through it, I think. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm right about that, but that's my sense. And um, I, 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 I remember a long time ago talking about this emotion that was named by a, a tribe in Papua New Guinea, I believe there were some anthropologists working and studying these tribes and, and the emotion is less a feeling than it is an experience of a feeling. And and it is named Liget. And what it is, is that experience of a whale, The, the, the primal grief that one experiences upon losing something loved or someone beloved. And They had a ceremony around death in this tribe in which there was just wailing, just the expression of liget, to sit with the uncomfortable grief. And and there's one of my favorite authors, uh, Bell Hooks, she's also just, just an incredible social thinker, said that the second we can name an emotion It begins to work its way through us. That's the first step to healing.
0: You know, what that prompts in me, Holly, is to say that um, I think that we made a mistake Mm -hmm. in ordinary life by not continuing to emphasize the phrase, we are living between the no longer and the not yet. Mm -hmm. We kind of let that slip away. Mm. uh and i did hear a few people say that they were ready to move on to something else (laughs) but uh we're not in a place to move to something else yet i think we're still in a huge transition and transitions mean um all the things about feeling lost feeling Mm -hmm. disoriented um Having a, a sense of nostalgia about something that used to be, or at least we thought used to be, and is no longer, and the drive to get it back, that's one of the big things that's going on in this country, mm-hmm. is that we know the Make America Great Again thing. Mm-hmm. We're still in that transition.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, and there's not something to go back to that is more solid than where we are. Um, And I don't wanna be judgmental in saying this, but I think to think that there's something we can go back to that's more solid is denial. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. By the time This podcast is released it will be public knowledge that two of St. Paul's clergy are leaving um, in the early summer Mm -hmm. to go to another part of the United States that's a big change for a church with as many clergy as we have particularly these two key people uh, Karen and Paul Richards Kwan are both leaving and um, they played key roles in mm-hmm. both administrative faith formation, scheduling, ton of other things that we will have another transition to deal with because they will not be replaced immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. So gosh, you just think it-
0: and then and the Methodist Church is going through a big upheaval. Um Jeff McDonald, the senior pastor. Here is going to be dialoguing of being on their life to Sunday and that will be the primary thing that people are going to want to know about mm-hmm. what's happening to the Methodist church and when. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Just thinking about just the changes that have occurred at St. Paul's alone have so many have occurred just in the last two years since the cusp of the pandemic to now. And so I think one of the things and, and this came up for me, um, you know, in, in, as this ordinary life particularity pertains to you and me, maybe out of love and protection, what maybe didn't get said to me um, brought up for me feelings, uh, desires for closure, right? For some, And mm-hmm. I think that, that what that has named for us, all these changes at St. Paul's over the last couple of years is this. Real sense of um, insecurity, maybe, or anxiety about not having closure around things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, the truth is, and I, I, I think I can hear Thich Nhat Hans' voice in me saying this: "There's never closure. It's very rare that life wraps itself up in some neat package." Right. And. You can say, "Here is what happened between 2019 and 2022," (laughs) because revelations from this time will continue to emerge, and Mm -hmm. emerge, and emerge. I don't think we even have the beginnings of an understanding of what this time has done and is doing with us and to us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. myself included. And so, speaking to it as we're kind of running along has been an interesting challenge, I think, for both of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of shifting and changing going on uh, everywhere, and we're making the best sense out of it we can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the story is yet to be continued. Yeah yeah it's a big illusion that we live with isn't it that we can have this as you say this nice neat package and put things away and then it it never happens that way no life is not that uh, neat and complete uh-uh. we both want and fear uh, transformation
1: yeah and, and yet there's some kind of freedom in that too. Um, if I may say like one of the things I've heard you say over the last couple of years and why we've been working more closely together was a desire for an eventual transition plan. And I think what's become clear to both of us is maybe that's just not something we need to control. Maybe that's just not something that needs to, needs to be neatly known.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: um, and I can imagine that there's some insecurity and, ah, in that, but there's some enormous freedom and also letting go of it, this need to wrap something up neatly and to know exactly how it's going to turn out Mm -hmm. because it relieves us as of having to be in control or under the illusion that we are in control.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm in no way. And I want to make this very clear. <clears throat> I'm in no way comparing myself with Richard Orr. You can. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, okay. I, I'm not. I, won't, I, w- I wouldn't and couldn't. Uh, um, Father Richard Orr has played very important part in my life yeah. for 30 years now. Um, and he's quit. He's retired. hmm And I saw the organization that he started, the Center for Action and Population, began to try to put a legacy program in place that would continue Richard Rohr's teaching. And as you well know, because you applied there, it's called the Living School.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And I get communications from the CAC and now from a new organization called Conspire on a regular basis and i think you know when richard's gone really gone when he Mm -hmm. dies uh very likely the cac will run out of gas. it's the nature of things yeah things arise and they fall away so
1: and yet the, the the other beautiful image that comes for that for me is that every single one of the people, if we're using Richard Rohr as the example that his organization has touched is the legacy. That's, that's true. That's a fractal, right? Every single person that has benefited from those teachings is a fractal of change. And we may, they may, we may all be in different places with how we emerge in that. But it's it's a legacy. And I think the same for you. Every single person that you've in, you're not going anywhere. Let's be clear about that. Think there was some anxiety about that mm-hmm. um that my presence meant your absence, and that's not true. Um, we plan on twenty more good years with Bill <laughs> uh, uh. but but your the legacy that you leave is a fractal that gets to embody many spaces, many places mm-hmm.
0: so uh, uh, but i I want to wrap this up by yeah. saying that we have no idea what's in front of us, Uh except (laughs) that it it has the possibility to be life-changing and transformational. And I thought about this too, this morning in my meditation period, think about what's been transpiring between you and me and in the class and all that, like constantly. (laughs) And so I had this thought this morning when I thought of Pima Shodron's analogy of the river
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: thought about a time I don't remember how many years ago five or six maybe you would know when mm-hmm. you hear what I'm gonna say um that it came time to go to the annual conference that the center fraction and contemplation put on mm-hmm. and when I saw who the featured speaker was I didn't want to go <laughs> but my son who had just gone with us the year before to a conference that they put on where Jim Finley was the keynote speaker. Yeah. And uh, Jim Finley did this thing about following the mystics through the narrow gates, Mm -hmm. which is a set of recordings you can get from the CAC. I've probably listened to them six times now. Mm -hmm. They're just wonderful. I didn't want to go to this next conference. Because the keynote speaker who was in a lot with Dr. Oz, I mean, it just, I didn't want to do it. But my son wanted to go. And it was such a great, thrilling thing for me to go to this and share this yes. with him that we went. And so the, they had the keynote speaker and he got out of the way. And the next day we went back to the conference to hear this little nondescript <laughs> Roman Catholic nun speak. hmm and within forty-five seconds of hearing her, <laughs> I went, "Oh my god!" Uh, and it was Delia. Yeah,
1: she she really burst the, open the world for both of us, I think. And yeah, you brought her to Houston. That was wonderful. Yeah.
0: Well, it took it took me a couple of years to do it, mm-hmm. but um, when we went back the following year, I think it was she was a featured speaker yeah. and 11 people from ordinary life went to that conference yeah. and one at a time each one of us went up to her and said we yeah. want you to come to houston yeah. and that yeah. that eventually happened so you, you never know what's going to happen except there's a possibility for new birth all around the corner all the time it's
1: already happening it's already
0: okay. happening already yeah. all right on that, <laughs> all right on that note we're closing. okay Have a good day. Okay. We'll be here next week. Yeah. That's the plan. Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.